Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Wisdom Wednesdays. Today, I'm going to talk about some factors that contribute to a long and healthy life. And I'm going to talk about two different bits of research. One comes from the Karolinska Institute um, in Sweden, which is an awesome uh, research center. Uh, and uh, Karen Modig, who's an associate professor who ran the study. And what they did, it was a long-term study, a longitudinal study of centigenarians. Um, so they were once rare, but now there's quite a few centigenarians, and they're actually the fastest growing demographic group of the world's population since the 1970s. And um, there has been long discussion about the aging process, uh, but it's pretty difficult to unravel it. Uh, but this new study that was published in the journal GeroScience has unveiled some common biomarkers in people who live past the age of 90. So they're called nonagenarians. Centigenarians are obviously those people who live to 100. And these two groups have long interested scientists because um, they, they think that by studying them that we're going to get some insights as to how to live a long and healthy life. And previous research had showed that... Um, no surprise here, avoiding chronic disease was one of the key things and staying out of hospital. But this one gets a little bit finer in terms of some of the results. So they have basically been tracking a whole bunch of people and looking at bio biomarker profiles of these people throughout their life and then comparing the people who are exceptionally long-lived to their shorter-lived peers. So what they did was they compared these biomarker profiles to people um, of age over 90 and over 100 and their shorter-lived peers. Um, and they looked at a data set of 44,000 Swedes who did health assessments all the way through from the age of 64 to 99. And this was a cohort called the Aramis cohort. And they were followed up um, through this Swedish registered data for 35 years. And of them, um, 1,224 people, 2.7% of them, lived to be 100 years old. The vast majority of them were female. So that's the first hint in how to live a long, healthy life. 85% of them were female. But they had been tracking 12 blood-based biomarkers that were linked to inflammation, metabolism, and particularly liver and kidney function, as well as um, potential malnutrition and anemia. Uh, and these have been associated with aging or mortality in previous studies, which is why they looked at them. And then um, they also did a biomarker that, that was uh, that related, the one that was related to inflammation was uric acid. So that is a waste product in, in the body caused by digestion of certain foods and too much wine and stuff like that. So they looked at markers linked to metabolic status uh, and function, including total cholesterol and glucose, uh, and then a bunch of liver function tests, some of which are almost unpronounceable. Um, and they also looked at lactate dehydrogenase and then creatinine, um, which is linked to fit kidney function. And then iron and total iron binding capacity, that's linked to iron deficiency anemia. And then they also looked at albumin, um, which is a, a general marker around nutrition. And they found that on the whole, those who made it to their 100th birthday tended to have lower levels of glucose, lower levels of creatinine, 
and lower levels of uric acid from their 60s onwards. Uh, and although there wasn't a significant difference between centigenarians and non-centigenarians for most of the biomarkers, the centigenarians generally um, rare, very rarely had extremely high or low values. So they tended to be within these reference range. And very, very few of the centigenarians ever had a glucose level above 6.5 earlier in life or a creatinine level above 125. And when they looked at uric acid, um, they found that the absolute difference in those who lived to 100 and those who didn't, uh, the ones who died younger, was 2.5 percentage points. So that means that people in the, the group with the lowest uric acid had a 4% chance of turning 100, while the group with the highest uric acid had only a 1.5% chance of making it to 100. So that's a very significant difference. Um, and the other thing that they found was that the people who had the lowest total cholesterol and iron had a lower chance of reaching 100 compared to those with higher levels. And we're often told that we need to reduce our cholesterol. I'm going to do a deep dive into this um, soon with a cardiologist, but this is now starting to be pretty consistent that people who live longer and tend to have higher levels of cholesterol and particularly higher levels of cholesterol in their brain. But this also showed higher levels of iron. Um, and look, they said because it's a, obviously an observational study, you can't draw um, really good insights into the lifestyle factors that contribute to it. Um, but certainly these blood biomarkers are pretty damned relevant and important. And now I, I want to talk about another study, um, which was looking at um, protein intakes and lifespan amongst older adults. And what they found is that a high protein intake is associated with a lower risk of death from all causes. And so in this study, there was 833 older adults, their ages were 85 to 89. The average BMI in the group was 23, and the Japanese tend to be have a lower BMI than places like Australia, UK, and, and the, certainly in the United States. Um, but what they actually found in, in this, so, so about half were women, 51% and 49% were men, um, and they had no apparent um, health conditions or limitations. And what they actually found, so they, they followed them up for a period of 44 months and they measured their protein intake. Um, they had low, those with um, low intakes was less than 14.7%. Um, of energy from protein, low to moderate intakes, 147 to 16.7%. Moderate to high intakes were 167 to 19.1%. And those with high intakes was more than 19.1% of energy from protein. And then they looked at all-cause mortality in those different groups. And they also evaluated um, whether protein of different sources, like animal protein versus plant protein, and then um, specific ones like feet, uh, fish, meat, uh, eggs, dairy, uh, or omega-3 fatty acids, whether they influence the outcomes. And they adjusted, like any good study, um, they adjusted the data to um, consider age, sex, um, skeletal muscle mass index, cardiovascular disease, cancer education, um, and albumin levels. So they controlled for all of those things. And they found that overall, 
higher protein intakes were associated with a reduced risk of all-cause mortality. And compared to participants with low protein intakes, those with the high above 19.1% had a whopping 56% reduced risk of all-cause mortality. Now, that is really, really significant. When, when they analyzed the different protein sources, they found that high intakes of fish showed a 52% decreased risk of all-cause mortality compared to those with low intakes, but none of the other sources of protein um, were relevant. Um, so overall, this shows that high levels of protein um, really help with longevity. Um, and I've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast because it helps with the functions of daily living and we need more protein as we get older, not less protein. Um, and although it's hard to draw really strict conclusions or, or really solid conclusions uh, about the source of the protein, they were uh, at pains to highlight this. It does seem to be that that fish, protein from fish particularly, um, is very, very useful. And, and that's probably because of the high omega-3 fatty acid content in that. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of insights. Um, keep your cholesterol reasonably high, your iron levels high, keep your glucose levels low, your levels of uric acid low and your levels of creatinine low and make sure that you're eating plenty of protein. Catch you next time.